You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. This is our post-match reaction to the Everton game. Four days after the game, due to the social media boycott, I've had a weekend off and Villa have won a game. So Matt, if I can have every weekend off, <laughs> it'll be uh, preferable for my, for my working week. That'd be nice. Well, yeah, we wouldn't know the difference, would we? You know, you have most days off anyway, don't we? Uh, anyway, um, yeah. uh, yes. social media boycott, uh, you know, the whole world of football took part in it. We took part in it as well. Matt, do you just want to explain for those that might have missed the memo why we were why we were part of that? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it is good to be back. The, the sun is. is absolutely blaring in my uh, in my eyes, so it's a, it's a sign that Claret Blue is back to brighten your day. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really important that that we that we supported this boycott, and you know my own personal view is that it's a drop in the ocean, and that it it should it's only the start. It's a gesture more than anything. Um, mm. It's where we go from now with it. Um, it's a horrible it, it's a horrible place and a lovely place. Social media at the at the same time, and we've seen some examples with, with Villa, haven't we? You know, Tyrone Mings has been been. The victim of some some horrible abuse, um, Anwar El Ghazi, Anwar Anwar El Ghazi even um, was forced to shut down some of his accounts because of the the grief uh, and the abuse mm. that he was getting. We see Gabby Bonahor on his Instagram sharing some some horrible obscene things that that he's subjected to, uh, and there's there's three there's three massive groups of people to me who can solve this. One is the social media companies who can react to abuse the way they clamp down on infringement of copyright. They seem to have no trouble trouble jumping on that straight away, but they don't seem yeah. to have the same kind of zero tolerance with racists and with, you know, horrible, horrible trolls. There's the rest of us, the, 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 the good people who can kind of help, help wage this war by saying, we're not going to accept it. We're not going to tolerate it. We're not going to bring our kids up to, to think that that's, that's the right way of doing things. If we see that, that kind of behavior, we're going to call it out and we're going to front it up and say it's not acceptable. So we can do our bit. And the third bit is the, the horrible, vile idiots themselves who just need to think, what are you doing it for? Are you doing it for attention? Are you doing it to get a rise? I don't. I don't understand the motivations behind it. And I think until we can get all those three things come together, as much as a boycott is good and the right thing to do and a right message to send out, I think we're just going to be paying lip service to it. Um, so, like I said, you know, it shows how much social media dominates your life because I've been kind of trying to reach reach for Facebook and Twitter all weekend. You know, I've been bombarded with people saying, "Matt, are, are you the medical officer out of line of duty?" And I've had to <laughs> I've had to kind of take a bow aside and say, "No, it's not me." It dominates our life, so you know, hopefully, it sends a message that that this is not this is not the way to behave. But from my point of view, it, it's just the start, um, just the start of what we need to do. Yeah, agreed and well said. Just quick on the line of duty thing, no spoilers for anybody. I was watching that. My parents said, they text me saying, oh, is that is that your boss in line of duty? And I watched it and I read the message and I was like, talking rubbish, it looks nothing like him. The fact that you've had it flagged to you as well, it's bizarre. Oh, mate, me, me, me mentions have been pinging like nothing else. I'm, you know, people could obviously, obviously, Nigel Boyle, no spoilers, who played an important part in the uh, resolution of the drama as Buckles. He's he's a he's a big Villa fan, and people are saying, "Oh, Matt, has um has Villa Boise been able to get you a get you a walk on party line of duty? What's going on?" I think cool. I mean, listen, the fellow was a handsome chap, but it wasn't me. 
Yeah, another big bald head. Anyway, back to the football. Ash, you were at Goodison Park on Saturday night. Uh, eight o'clock kickoff on a Saturday is always strange. Um, but Villa win for the first game in four or five, I think. Yeah, Fulham, yeah, Fulham yeah. was the last win. And we were pretty good, weren't we? Dan, Dan, before, sorry, before you've got to introduce it as the most played fixture in English football. Oh, yeah. Before yeah, you go so, to Ash, all right. So, yeah, they got sorry, shot out that quick show. Ash, do you, know, do you know how many games it's been between Villa and Everton? Quick quiz question for you. I don't know the answer, by the way. You know it. No. <laughs> something like 280, I think they said. Yeah. I might be wrong there, though. But yeah. always, re- always referenced, then. it? Yeah. Big game and uh, a big win for Villa. All come together. Yeah. Crazy, really. Um, I tightened up the, the amount on goal in the first half and it was 11. It's just peppering Everton mm. for fun and Watkins should have had a hat-trick and if it weren't for Jordan Pickford, Villa could have been three or four ahead at half-time. So, all come together. Just where, Where's that Villa been hiding last 70, 80 odd days? Just chalk and cheese compared to the last few weeks. It was down in the doldrums, two wins in 11. Where are we going from here? And um, win at Everton. European dreams back on, isn't it? But, yeah, um, Smith, Smith came out fighting afterwards. We weren't happy with people saying coasting, we're on the beach, nothing to play for. And he said that in the in his um, dressing room team talk. He said, you're all writing us off here. We're questioning our professionalism. And um, they come to the fore. So, yeah, brilliant. I mean, in terms of the, the team itself, nothing much changed, really. Um, I mean, the last few weeks, perhaps more of a mental battle with them with themselves. And the, that belief was there on, on Saturday night. And look what they can do. They did it at the start of the season. And they proved to themselves they could do it without a jack now. So, it just bodes well. Five-game shootout have labelled it. Can they do it? You won't back against them, to be fair, mate. Well, I'll answer that question about Europe in a minute. What do you think changed, though? Because like you said, the, the, the bulk of the team is no different, really. Ross Barkley's come back in there. And to be fair, he was better, better than he's been in recent weeks. I made a joke to, to a mate I was watching with saying, you know, you play against Merseyside clubs by, by the looks of it, yeah. uh, with his performances against Liverpool and Everton. He looked a, a different player and, and much better than, than what we were used to. Is it just a case of we've, we found a bit of form with, honestly, like I said, nothing to play for towards the end of the season, but there is a, a slight chance that Europe is still on the cards with the permutations of how the, the cup competitions end, which we'll try and unpack in a minute as well. Oh, man, yeah, but they're just all honest from the, from the off. Um, Everton are there for the title. They've been poor at home themselves. and I think It must have been Smith's rallying crowd at the start of the week, trying to prove a point, get, get, getting them going. Um, mm. Bertrand Trora, that's his best game in a long, long time. Our guys have come to the fore with 10 to go. Yeah. From, from back to front, everyone was brilliant. Watkins as well in front of Southgate. He's got to go to the Euros now. After that, he was he was immense. Um, yeah, just on his own up there, but incredible. Yeah, to a man for Villa were excellent. Ross Barkley as well. Good, another a good game for me. First time in a long while. Is, is that deal back on? I don't know what supporters are saying about that. I mean, if you get a, get a good Ross Barkley fit and for him. He's worth worth it, isn't he? But yes, he hasn't shown it on a consistent basis. So question marks there. He's got a point to prove with five to go. So. Listen, we were saying nothing to play for last week. Everything, everything to play for now. What do you make of that result, Matt? Well, Cash says it's kind of, as much as it's restored some confidence and some belief and, and something on the rest of the season, it is, you know, and I, I understand Smith being a little bit annoyed for, you know, people writing off his team, but there was a reason why people started writing off his team and that was because they've kind of fallen into the shells for, for recent months. So, to me, it's kind of, you know, we, we're demanding. We're a demanding fan base. Like all football fans, we want the best of our club, the best our club can be every week and set the standards now. You know, we, we said after Villa went to Leeds and did a job up there, and albeit not as convincingly as they did at Goodison on, on Saturday. 
you know, you've proven you can find a way of playing and winning winning without Jack Grealish. Now, doing it once every every two months doesn't, to me, seem like a convincing plan B. Doing it kind of, you know, winning two games out of four or five, and I might start to, to be convinced. Um, mm. But some something some something as 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 kind of I don't know triggered Villa on on Saturday, um, and you're right. It's we know that that team can win football matches, producing six and sevens out of tens, providing they've got Jack Grealish who's carrying the fight and and working the magic. Without him, they've all got to be at it. They've all got to be kind of at seven and eights and nines to to get anything in the Premier League. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, acts as acts as a wake up call. Uh, hopefully, they don't rest on on our laurels and we we finish the season strongly now. What would you do with with Barkley? There's somebody in the comments <clears throat> clear my throat saying that they would they'd try and loan him again rather than do a permanent on the back deal. on the back of one performance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not con- I'm not convinced about it. Listen, I, I think there's a I think there's a cracking player in there. I think we've seen some glimpses along the way, but this was supposed to be his big chance. This this season was supposed to be his big chance. The, the the time that he reminded people that that Ross Barkley was one of the, the you know the top half a dozen midfielders in English football. Uh, you can't do that. You can't do that with you know a series of four or five out of ten performances, and then then just throw a six or seven in uh, every now and then. Um, I don't know. I just don't know where he fits with with Villa's Villa's recruitment um, policy really of getting the profile of people really, really hungry on the way up, big mm. sell-on value. You know, that competitive fee, right age, big sell-on value. I don't think he, he particularly fits that mould. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't want to make a, a direct comparison, even though I'm going to try and do so, with with Lingard, just a, a, bit, a player at a big club who's out of form and, and not getting a look in at Man United. He goes out and loan to West Ham in January and kind of rips up the league and, and in, in talk of getting back into the England squad and all that kind of stuff. Barkley, similarly at Chelsea, not in it, gets a chance to go to Villa, starts well and then fizzles out. You're not going to sign somebody on the back of his his overall season performance, I don't think. Um, he, he's done a job for this season in some respects, but next season, if they don't want to push on, that, they're aiming for higher than a 6 out of 10 Ross Barkley, aren't they, I think? Mm. Yeah, they've got, they believe a lot in Jacob Ramsey as well. I think Smith, Smith raves about him. They've got Carney Chuck Roy come, coming through. He's making waves for their 23s. I asked Smith about him on Friday. He said he's got he's got a first-team route mapped out for him. That's how much they believe in him. He's only 17. Everyone's seen him rip it up against Newcastle last week. And um, So, yeah, they, they fully believe in him. So, I can't see him pushing through with the Barclay deal at all. But he's got a point to prove with five to go. Can he help Villa's cause? Everyone wants to see Villa climb, climb as high as possible, so yeah. we'll, we'll see. Smith's size always finished strongly as well. You put a piece together, Ash, of, of his recent season finishes last year. Obviously, a strong end to the season, keeping us up the year before the, the playoff push. Strong finishes to seasons at Brentford as well. Um, if Villa are to get into Europe, which again, sounds mental to even say out loud, but with the permutations of how, how things go with the cup competitions, Villa are going to have to win, what, three of the last five to... To even stand a chance, do you think? And there's Man United in there, Spurs, Chelsea. So it's yeah. a tough ask, isn't it? It is a tough ask, but yeah, they've set themselves up for it. Um, I think the, the, the performance and the manner of it on Saturday gave them huge confidence going into the United game on Sunday. United got Roma, big time against Roma on Thursday. And then, uh, yeah, it's all, all eyes on Villa Park. So I don't, I don't think, um, when's the last time Villa beat Man U at Villa Park, Matt? <laughs> 90s? 
Oh, it was the old can't win anything with kids, wasn't it? Yeah, um, that's it, yeah. Oh, when was that? 95, 96? Blimey, yeah. I was a teenager. That's how long ago it was, eh? I wasn't <laughs> born. I think it was August 95. I'm sure we've talked about this before. It was just before I was born. So, yeah, I mean, now's the time to do it, eh? Go ahead. Mm. I think we'll do it. I think we'll do it. I mean, they're, they're, we'll talk about Man United specifically in a minute with, with what Roy Keane said about Grealish over the, the weekend as well. Their game with Liverpool called off due to, to fan protests. As much as Man United are, where are they in the league? Third or fourth or something like that? And they're, they're, second. They're, oh, second, there we go. They're on the up more than they have been in the last five years. It, I don't know, just it seems like they're, I want to say they're in a bit of a mess, but they're in a Europa League semi-final and second in the Premier League. But it doesn't feel like the, the same Man United of, of 10, 15 years ago. Now, you just, you just be interested to see how the players react to Sunday's protests and whatnot with the performance on the pitch. I mean, all eyes on Man U now for the running. I mean, the scenes on Sunday were crazy. I went, I went to the zoo with the baby, come back, had my Sunday dinner, I put Sky on, and it was the guys was born, and I seen all the scenes. It was mental. Um, couldn't believe it. Um, will, will, will that affect the players and, and, and Solskjaer? It, it could. I mean, it's just anarchy, total chaos behind the scenes at Manchester United at the moment. And like what Roy Keane was discussing, I mean, really, so you know what? If you're a player, you wouldn't touch him with a basketball at the minute. Um, so yeah, I didn't, didn't get that at all. But man, you were there for the taking yesterday, been a bit, a bit of form of late. But them scenes on Sunday must have some effect on on, on the squad. I wouldn't have this, whether it's me being a, a kind of cynic from bitter experience or or what, but I think United are still they won the one six out of the last seven or something, I think. On, on um, form, yeah. And they're on they're unbeaten for 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 a, for a, a, a fair while. Um, I don't know, you know, there's, there's still a do- there's still a dodgy penalty in there, <laughs> yeah. and there's still a still a couple of dodgy decisions going against Villa. What I'm intrigued about, Ash, where, where'd you go, Dudley Zoo? <laughs> no, I did it actually. I went to Telford. So there's a zoo in Telford. There's a zoo in Telford, yeah, on the way to Telford. There's di- dinosaurs and everything. Jurassic Park. Anyways, had nightmares on the real ones. Yeah, real ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. God, I've not been to Dudley Zoo for years. It was a dump last time I went. You've been, Matt. Worth going, Matt. I think I think our colleague Woolley was there um, yesterday, mate. Whether they kept him in overnight, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's I definitely know. worth going, mate. I'm, I'm all for the Dud- Dudley tourism trail, mate. Me, so uh, oh. yeah, get along to Dudley Zoo. What, what a town. Uh, let's talk about um, the, the Europa League chances then. Flash up the league table, Villa sitting 10th. Now, before Everton, I've kind of written off Europe. And I think I still have, to be honest. I'm, I'm resigned to the fact that we that we probably won't make it as I hit my microphone. Um, but they were saying during the commentary, like Villa's aim, like, you finish in the top half, that's something to aim for. When you think about mid-table mediocrity, mediocrity, if you finish 14th, 12th, 10th, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But when you look back on seasons and you see Villa in that top half, it, it would look nice to finish 10th or higher. And then you beat Everton, you start a game in hand over a couple of them as well. 48 points for Villa. And like I've said, with the... I don't know what the permutations of the cups are. Me and Ash, we tried to work it out before we just came on air and we fell into a rabbit hole of, of where Man United might win the Europa League and what, what that means for the rest of it. Um, but during the commentary of one of the games, they were saying that potentially eighth place can get into the Europa League next year if certain things go a certain way. Do we know what these permutations are? The FA Cup result, the who, who wins the Europa League? If, if it is eighth place, but they're only four points off that with the game in hand. They've got everything to play as well, don't forget, yeah. next Thursday. So they've got that return fixture to play. They've got four sides above them to play, like the five. Palace is the other one. They've got Tottenham as well. and So they could catch them. I mean, it all, all, all rests on the other, the other team's form, doesn't it? 
Villa need others to slip up, to be fair. Villa need to go on a right good charge similar to last season in the playoff year. So it's an aim for the squad to do. It's up there on the wall for them to go and get. So the carrot's there for them. They've got something to aim at. It's not mm. mid table, mediocrity, like you say. So why not? The carrot's there. They're not going to finish sixth. I think that's too far to reach. Tottenham are already, what, was that, what was that, eight points ahead, I think, um, with only five games to go. But yeah. if it does come down to eighth, I think, so Man United, if Man United won the Europa League, they go into the Champions League, but they're already yeah. going to finish in the top four. So I think that affects the placing somehow. Uh, the FA Cup final is, is Leicester-Chelsea. Yep. So the result of that gets into the Europa League, but they're going to finish in the top four as well. So I think it keeps dropping down a, a Premier League place. So if it does go all the way down to eighth, all Villa can do is try and win as many of the last five games as they can, finish as high as they can. And if it just so happens that they get in there effectively on a technicality, that's a massive bonus for Villa, isn't it, Matt? It needs, I need to uh, assign the explainer to somebody, don't I? I need somebody to get stuck <laughs> into writing that because, um, yeah, I can't I can't follow the maths. There's so, so many permutations and stuff like that. But to me... Listen, it's it's a very kind of boring manager-like thing to say, but just see how many points we can get from these these last five games. I mean, still there's still a <laughs> a bunch of we, listen. We've beaten Everton, but we've not suddenly become world beaters. There's still like, yeah. some very tricky fixtures in there. Yeah. You know, we've got Man United, who we haven't beaten since 1995. We've got, or, or we certainly haven't beaten at Villa Park in the league since 1995. We've got Tottenham away. Have we gone there and won? At the new new place, I don't think we have, have we? No, no. I played there once, first game of last season. Here he comes with his terrible omens. Um, <laughs> and then we got we got Chelsea at home. Um, so to me, as much as I'd love us to kind of gate crash our way into Europe through the back door on the the last weekend of the season, I'm actually targeting. <laughs> shows the limit of my ambition. I'm actually targeting targeting ninth place now because ninth place is where we finished um, ten years ago. Um, under Julio, against the odds that season, to be honest. And I think if we can get up to ninth again, it almost kind of starts to complete the symmetry that we kind of almost reversed in the last 10 years. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we've, 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 we've had their time in the championship and we've had we've been kind of middling around the relegation zone um, like we were prior to the championship. And I just think it's just a statement that, OK, we're back on a solid footing. Now, how do we kick on? Now, how do we replicate where we were between 2007 and 2010, which was getting into the into the top six? Um, so, I think it's possible. I think, hopefully, like I say, it'll be the kick up the backsides that the, the team need to know that they, they can go and compete. There's no more excuses. Uh, and that, that these fans, albeit still distant fans, are, are kind of... You know, we're not, we're not going to settle for those half, half-hearted performances. We, we need to finish the season with a flourish. If we do sneak into there on the in the last place available, would you be put off by the fact that we're in the preliminary, preliminary, preliminary rounds of the competition and probably playing the first fixture of the week after the the season finishes, or do you just not care that you're in Europe, so you take it? Yeah, it's not that ideal, thing. is it? It's not ideal, is it? Um, so yeah, I mean, it sounds a lot about the transfer policy this summer because the squad needs beefing up again, doesn't it? Smith, Smith said he needs to add more depth to it, so. Look, I mentioned this last week as well. There could be up to seven players leaving, seven first-team players leaving the door. So it all points to a big summer. And if if they're scraping to Europe, then they're going to have to have, a, have a, another big summer recruitment, boys. So, so yeah, um, all to play for, like you say. But 
Smith, just, just get, 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 him as, get as many points as you can. That's all, that's all you can do. Where do you think this summer ranks in terms of the importance of the transfer window in the last 10, 15 years? Is it make or break between Villa getting into Europe next season? It's a hard one, isn't it, really? Because obviously we've set the, set the bar now. If they finish your top half finish, finish ninth on that size, what's the next aim then? You can't be finishing ninth again next season or tenth. So they've got to start, got to show some progression. I mean, in terms of the market, I think that I'll go big again. Um, I asked Smith about another striker, perhaps, but he said it all hinges on Wesley. He hinted at that, saying that I'll give Wesley ample time to get ready, see if he's sharp enough for next season. If not, they'll look to to go into the market for a new striker, I guess. But I think it's a big one. Get Grealish back in there. I think Trezeguet's out for nine months now, so he needs replacing. And your Almos and your Taylors are looking like they're off as well. So the squad needs bolstering in terms of importance. It's, it's, okay, every summer, every, every summer window is important. But I think Watkins will be two times double the player next year. Same with Cash and, and whatnot. So that, that'll be ever improved. Hopefully Torre kicks on after a bit of a mixed bag this season. So I think it's, it's a massive one. It's an important one to, to bridge that gap, like you guys have mentioned. Bridge that gap to the top six. They need to start in quality again. I think the important thing from my point of view is that they hold on to the crown jewels and that's not just Jack Grealish anymore, is it? That's Jack Grealish, mm. that's Emmy Martinez, that's um, that's Esri Conser, um to, to name three. And A, they need to hold on to the best players to build. B, a way of holding on to the best players is by signing the quality to supplement them. Um, to convince those best players that they can achieve their ambitions with Villa. Um, so I think that, listen, Sawir, Edens and, and, and Perslow are too smart as businessmen to think we're just going to, we're going to spend stupid money just to, to keep, keep players happy. Uh, but they know that this, this project has benefited from having its forward momentum at every step, every, every step of the way. Um, and I don't think they want they they don't want to stall that. I don't think they just want to consolidate and consolidate and consolidate. I think they want to see tangible progress, um, tangible progress every summer or every season rather. And I think that is probably going to mean a spending spree, the likes of which we've seen in the last couple of summers. The big question is how how thinly spread is that money? You know, Ash is saying there that we could lose half a dozen dozen players who, who are out of contract, and so. We've been speaking on several podcasts whether we think now is the time to, to blood some of the youngsters and can some of the the other kids have the kind of impact that, that Jacob Ramsey's had in, in terms of getting regular football this season. I think I think it's a real kind of balancing act between bringing the extra quality in but making sure you've got enough bodies and and and, and kind of strength in, in depth, really. I can see Villa bringing in another five players, Um yeah. across a, a raft of positions in the summer, which again, if you're talking 140 million quid, how, how much does that get you in today's mm-hmm. market and what level of quality does it get you? Uh, but I think it's, I don't think it's going to be a, a tumbleweed transfer somewhere. I think there's going to be plenty going on again. Do you think there's any danger that any of one of those big names leaves this window? Aguilish or Martinez or someone like that? Go on, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> no, not for me, no. I mean, what... what, what what clubs would, would would take them? To be fair, I mean, spoke about this yesterday. Perhaps any Man City would would take Grealish. I can't see Grealish going anywhere else. But but then, I don't think that's on the agenda this summer. Um, Sam is Martinez. Conte is going to stick around. They're all on, I know contracts don't mean a fat lot, but they're they're doing what they can. Villa, 
securing the long-term assets. Matt Target was the latest one last week. Hmm. Signing a new long-term deal. Um, Smith mentioned about building around that heartbeat, he says. And that's your Mings, that's your McGinn's, that's your Targets, that's your Cancers, um, Grealish, Watkins. So don't forget, this is the youngest side in the Premier League as well. Like the 20 teams, Villa have the youngest yeah, average age. So they're going to be even better next season. Just need to add quality again, general quality, real quality. And that's going to cost you a book or two, isn't it? So but beyond the scenes, lots going on beyond the scenes. Smith says, Johan Langa, sporting director. He's been working with uh, Rob McKenzie. Head of recruitment since Christmas before then for this summer's window, knowing January wasn't going to be too busy. So the Zion's in the fire. Um, it goes well because the beef at the scouting department tenfold. We've seen the, the, the goal coming from Doncaster Rovers looking at EFL talent as well. So I think it points to a big summer, like Matt says. I think, yeah, I can see four, five, six new additions coming in, replenishing the, the players that, that, that will head out. You kind of her hands. Tom Aiton will probably head out. His, his, his deal's coming up to an end and players aren't getting a look in. I think Villa will, will add quality and competition for places. Do you think there's a player in this squad who who will, for want of a better phrase, do a mat target next season? A player that we looked at this this year and think, oh, they probably need replacing and then all of a sudden another year in the Premier League does them well and they're, they're a, a big performer next year. Well, we've never seen Morgan Sanson, have we, really? He'll be like a new sign. He's still out injured. He hasn't played much at all. 40 million quid for Marseille. He could, he could turn it on next season. Um, he, he's been watched for a long time. Smith watched him when he signed Gilbert in, in the January of 2019. So that's how long that deal has been, been worked at. Um, Bertrand Troy, I want to see a bit more of him. We've seen him in flashes this season. Mm. haven't seen him on a consistent basis. What can he, what can he, can he come on strong next season? But yeah, I think, I think we need a winger, creative player in there. To supplement the likes of Watkins and Grealish, I think Barkley probably head back. We spoke about Barkley earlier, but he'll probably head back. And I think, yeah, I think Villa needs some real strength and depth at the forward end of the pitch. Um, defense has been solid this season. But you guys think I think they've been brilliant, haven't they? You can't really fault the defense keepers, best in the league for me. Yeah, just the midfield's a bit of an issue. Douglas Lewis McGinn, they've been playing different roles and whatnot. And, does that need bolstering in there? The Camber, what's his future? So there's loads of questions, but I think Villa need to need to add four, five, six new players. Yeah. How do you assess the squad, Matt? Same, really. I mean, it's interesting to say. Could will somebody kind of step up and be the man next season? You know, I'm still I'm still crying out for for McGinn to be the player that we, we yeah. that we think he can be. Um, mm. Whether he's the one, I don't know. I think. Um, I think these these two or three or four players in danger if they're not not the ones that they could find themselves being eclipsed um, or steamrolled in, in Villa's Villa's mission to to become a kind of you know a, a club that can compete for Europe again. Um, it's you know we I think we were going to going to chat about Amor Al Ghazi, weren't we? Um, obviously scored the scored the winner on Saturday, and you you know I think I think you just said that Villa have tweeted out was it eight goals. In twelve starts, which yeah. is phenomenal when you look at it in those terms, but I suppose yeah. it begs the question: Why is he only starting twelve games? Because yeah. he's not being consistent enough. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? To... Yeah, yeah. Two penalties in there as well. To be fair, yeah. Well, listen, I'm not. I'm not trying to to, to do the lad down. That, that's that's to me. That's an impressive goal return for for a winger. You know, especially in the in the Premier League, um, but. What do those guys need to do to make themselves undroppable? What do they need yeah. to do to kind of future-proof themselves at Aston Villa? Uh, and it comes down, it comes down to, to consistency, and that can only come from 
well, it can come from them and it can come from 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 the coaches. But I don't know. I think we I think we 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 find in this place now where the kind of you know the the escalator that the Villa players are on are getting steeper and steeper, and if you can't keep up, you're going to drop off and, and be replaced. Um, and it's, we, we've said this several times. It's a good place to be because it, it, it should hopefully keep standards really yeah. high. Uh, and anybody, any of the current squad, you know, there's probably some exceptions who fans will remind me about now. But any of the current squad, if they're for, if they're forced to leave and, and seek football elsewhere. They go with kind of you know a, a big pat on the back because they play the part in in rescuing Villa from the doldrums to to get. We're talking about Villa potentially trying to kind of gate crash Europe. I don't think that will happen this season. But the fact that we're even having this conversation after yeah. some of the years that we've had and that squad and that set of coaches um, have been responsible for for restoring that pride. So, like I say, even if they are surplus to requirements, you know, thanks for thanks for getting us back to where we are. Yeah, uh, Ask, can you just give us a quick loan up, uh, loan up, round up of all the loanees as well before we go? I know you've looked into these this week. Oh yeah, checked in with the loanees. So um, I kind of hold hands open to get Swansea promoted with the playoffs. They've got one game left. They're in the playoffs now, so they're looking like they're having Bournemouth. But Horahan's dropped out the, the starting eleven. His form's dipped off a little bit. He, he didn't get on onto the pitch against Derby at the weekend, so he, he's a bit out of favour at the moment. But if there's um, any magic to, have, magic to have in them playoffs, Horahan Juman, so he'll be open to come to the fore for Swansea. I'll swear it's just not happening for Indiana Vasilev at the moment. 20-year-old American, Villa supporters know from coming in, coming into the side last year. He's at Cheltenham at the moment, made his first first cameo at the weekend in, in seven games, sitting on the bench the last seven games, so not really working out for him. Um, Gilbert's doing really well in France. For Strasbourg, he played full 90 against Marseille at the weekend, 1-1 draw. He's been, been getting great reviews over in France. He did an interview last week, a Q&A with supporters. He wants to return to Villa. So I don't know what supporters are thinking on that in the comments. Gilbert wants to come back to Villa and fight for his place with cash next season. I, I, I'm for that. I think I think he's all right. I think he's a committed player. I think he lacks that quality on the board that cash has, but he puts it all in. He's really athletic. I think he's... He's good cover. Um, so he's doing well in France. That that loan period for him has been re- really good, a successful one. Lovre Kalinic, remember him? Uh, Dismiss first signing, a Croatian goalkeeper. He's playing every game for Hadrick Splits. He's, he's their captain now. Um, so he's really, really benefiting from that loan. I think I think that will be made permanent in the summer. He's back in the Croatian setup as well. So he'll probably be up, he'll probably be on the bench against England in the Euros, Euros opener at Wembley. Um, elsewhere, Samata, he's not getting a look in over for the Bacci. Cross that off the about him. Samata, yeah, yeah. Remember him? <laughs> Great dog. Scored the last goal I scored in the it's, it's yeah. the last goal I scored in the flesh. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. But he, he's gonna go to Fernabachi in a permanent on July, five point four million, but he's not really playing much for Fernabachi, so that might sell him once again, him, um, to be fair. But yeah, not really happening really, other than Gilbert doing well, Kalinich doing well, um, and that's it really. Um no one really pulling up any trees. Young Finnish goalkeeper. Sinisalo, he was at Air United last month. He's back now. He's back at Goodison Park. Little quirk there. He was warming up Martinez and Heaton, uh, under-23 stopper. So, Neil Cutler rates him quite highly. Will he step up next season if Heaton does move on? Who knows? But, yeah, um, general roundup there is Gilbert and Kalinch are doing well. That's about it. Horahan, hopefully you have a safer Swansea in the playoffs. So, keep an eye on that one. Do you think any of those come back and make an impact at Villa? Probably Gilbert, just Gilbert, to be honest. Um, 
I've, I like him as a character. He says all the right things. I follow him on social media. He's really good. And he's been performing really well for Strasbourg. So with Al Mohamedou leaving, I think he'll be well, he's come back in and fight Castro place. We have um, Kane Kessler in the under-23s. He's really good. People telling me he's more than ready for first-team football now. So he'll be, he'll be knocking on the door as well. So I don't think right back will be a, an area of need in the, in the summer market, Dan. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there for this morning, our first podcast back. Um, just quickly before we go, we'll end with the, the York conversation, get fans commenting as well. When you look at that league table, gents, do Villa make it into Europe next season or not, in a word? No. No, no. <laughs> also, no. no. <laughs> it's, too, it's too much of an ask, isn't it, I think. But next yeah. season, the progression is if Villa finish 10th or 9th this year, it has to be Europe next year. Well, maybe it's not. <laughs> that's not a question I'm prepared to answer this morning I don't think <laughs> no, no. it's been a brilliant season regardless for me but yeah yeah agreed anything else to add Matt before we wrap up I can't believe you coming in giving your ultimatums you know <laughs> you or <report> else <laughs> just putting it out there you know, pin your big head on the dressing room wall that's what I need to do mate. <laughs> yes 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 Oh, don't need to bully me. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in this morning. We do appreciate you all watching along and sorry we couldn't answer more of your questions. I've tried to weave most of them into this conversation anyway. Thanks Matt and Ash for joining me as well. We'll be back on, we might be back later in the week with something. I'm not sure as yet. Ash, we, we might do a preview episode or something on, on Friday. Yep. Um, but if not, we'll be back on Sunday afternoon, I think it is, for the, the Man United podcast. Is that awesome. you and me, Matt? It's a good question, actually. That I'll, I'll get, I'll get back to you, mate. We'll discuss this <laughs> off there. All right. Right. Clashes with Everton Colts. Uh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right. Thanks everyone for watching. We'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. But until then, up the Villa. <laughs> <laughs>